My name is Chris Jones. I'm an organic chemist. I work in the chemistry research laboratories here at the University of Oxford. So what am I researching? Well, I'm looking at making new methods to access quite privileged ring structures called heterocycles. Now these are key components in medicines, in materials, in polymers, or even in dye compounds, something that you might use to dye your clothes, or even in paints. But why are we doing this? So if you think about, we can apply our chemistry um, it has a potential to impact upon society, its health and its well-being. So you can think we could make new drug materials to treat illnesses. We could make new materials and we could apply these for things like solar cells or solar panels. We could also make them in devices, so organic LEDs that we find in television screens but also in PDAs. Okay, so firstly a very brief explanation or a chemistry lesson. Um, a cyclic structure in chemistry is one where we arrange atoms in a ring. So most simply we can think about carbons. Here I'm drawing a six-membered all-carbon ring or cycle. But we could very easily replace one of these carbon atoms with an atom of a different element, say nitrogen or oxygen or sulfur. These are the most common replacements. But as soon as we replace a carbon with one of these atoms, it becomes a heterocycle. And we're particularly interested in nitrogen heterocycles. This is because nitrogen heterocycles have unique biological properties. For example, they interact with DNA and proteins that you find in your body. Okay, so importantly, heterocycles are also found in natural products. Now these are compounds or molecules that are made in nature. They might be made by plants, they could be made in trees, they could be made by fungi, uh, bacteria, anything you can think of, natural products can come from. Now a really famous example of a natural product containing nitrogen heterocycles is quinine. We've got quinine here. Now we can see a nitrogen heterocycle here, but also up here. Now, you might have heard of quinine. Up until the 1940s, it was the primary treatment for malaria. Now, it's also found in tonic water. So the next time you have a gin and tonic in the summer, then you might think you see it start to fluoresce or emit a bit of light. And it's quinine, this compound, that is responsible for that fluorescence. But quinine, we can isolate from the bark of a particular tree, the cinchona tree. And it's because of this that we get the natural compound quinine that we can use for all sorts of chemical applications. Okay, but we are particularly interested in a specific natural product called streptonigrin. Now, we obtain this from a bacterial fermentation this is like stewing up a big vat of this bacteria and fishing out streptonigrin itself from a lot of other molecules. We're interested in streptonigrin because it is extremely potent anti-cancer compound. It works by breaking down the DNA in cancerous tissue. But we're interested in this because streptonigrin comprises nitrogen heterocycles. We can see a nitrogen heterocycle here and also one here. We can also see a carbon cycle here. Now, 
Unfortunately, we can't make enough streptonigrin from a natural harvesting. For example, say if I had a thimble full of food colouring and I tipped it into a swimming pool and then thought, ah, I'd like to recover this food dye, rather than trying to get it from the swimming pool, surely it's easier to just make some more. But applying this to our situation, this requires us to make streptonigrin or synthesize it in the laboratory. We have a really potent anti-cancer agent, streptonigrin here, with these heterocycles. But unfortunately, we cannot make or we had no access to sufficient streptonigrin for these, to make these strategic alterations to the basic structure. Now, we're really excited because using our new chemistry, the new ways to make these heterocycles, we're able to have quick access to manageable and sufficient quantities of streptonigrin to actually maybe make drug candidates that we could put in to these clinical trials. Okay, so I've mentioned that we make nitrogen heterocycles, but how do we do that? So here we've got just a few of the reactions that we do every day. We want to either break some bonds, or we want to make some new chemical bonds. And by doing so, we can make nitrogen heterocycles. So here we have, we've mixed two, three chemicals together, and we're just letting them stir, and then they, they might, hopefully, react. Maybe they need some encouragement. We need to put more energy into the system, in which case we can heat them up. Um, we've got that here. And you can monitor the reaction. We can come along, see how the reaction's doing. If it's not finished yet, we leave it. If it's finished, we stop it, and we can isolate the chemicals um, that we've made. Now, part of that isolation process is to use the rotary evaporator we have here, and this removes excess solvent, reaction solvent, so we might have water, there might be an alcohol or something else in there, and we use the rotary evaporator to remove that to allow us to get to just the chemicals that we want themselves. Okay, so in summary, we have designed new methods to make heterocycles, I've explained why these heterocycles are important, and we'd like to be able to then use it to make analogues or to make changes to streptonigrin so that we could develop drug candidates uh, to treat cancer in the future. If we think about applying it for new materials, we can also think about biological applications as well. So we really want to hope that the chemistry that we're doing here in the lab today can really go and benefit society in the future.